Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns and I am proud to be your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week's episode, we didn't have to go very far. This is a great local artist, somebody who I've been admiring for many years, and we jumped at the opportunity to have him be a part of Season 10, Episode 116, the one, the only, Mr. Drew Mullen, right here in Fairfield, Connecticut. So it's really cool. Like I said, known Drew for years, been following his work, been really just a uh, a fan of his style, you know. If you haven't checked out his work, please do. the The scratch pad work is is something really. It's really unique. I, I don't think of many folks out there. You know, we we talk how it's kind of similar a little bit to, to wood carving and you know stamping, but it's just really it's a it's a nice niche that you know he's ironed out as somebody who has a a niche podcast. We support the niche artists, and uh, we're really just excited that we're able to to share this one with you. He's got some labels coming out later in the year with Foam Brewers up in Burlington. Had a wonderful experience visiting uh, Foam uh, over the holidays, you know, December, you know, New Year's time, uh, 2018. Really just, uh, you know, good music, good vibes, good place to come in and get some warmth, uh, warm libations to, uh, to soothe the soul. You know, the DJ was playing some great tunes and it was just, uh, you know, it was part of a an epic family trip that we, you know, we definitely cherished and you know, look forward to getting back up there again. Let's see, since we last spoke, uh, had the great opportunity of going to Mountain Jam last week. Um, my whole kind of uh, post-college life, I've always been, you know, going to shows. Uh, we spent a lot of time going to music festivals, both, you know, as an artist uh, with the band as well, you know, as well as, you know, attendees. And so... Once you have kids, you kind of realize that things aren't as easy as they used to be. Things become a little more difficult to to do, and you know the idea of going to see music for you know two three days with little ones um, is uh, it's a risk. So we uh, we took the dive, the deep dive this weekend with the boys, uh, Trey and Dan, five and eight, or eight and five respectively. You know, uh, and. They had a great time. It was really, it was, uh, went into the weekend with the realization that it wasn't about me. There were some great artists that we were really excited to see. You know, Joe Russo's Almost Dead, Phil Lesh, you know, Amy Helmband, Willie Nelson, uh, the Avid Brothers, Michael Franti, Dispatch, and thought that, you know, we might see some of those, might not see any of them. Because, you know, you, when you're a parent, your family and your children are bigger than yourself. And so you really have to have that mentality. And that's how we kind of went into the weekend was like, well, if we can make this special for them, this might build a foundation for the future. And in doing so, you know, could really be uh, beneficial for us. So that's what we did. And they dug it. You know, they were having a great time. They loved, you know, having some, you know, glow sticks and, you know, dancing and, you know, camping outside and, you know, Wonderful, just a wonderful experience. It was at the original uh, grounds in Bethel, New York, of Woodstock. So a little, you know, history lesson there too. The weather was pretty good. You know, there was a little bit of rain, but uh, you know, we, we made it through it and really just had a, a great time together. And you know, kind of one of the life highlights for me. Most nights, you know, when we put the kids to bed, you know, one of us or what have you will you know play some music. You know, we have a playlist for them, but. One of the songs we always come back to is No Hard Feelings by the Avid Brothers. And it's a really, you know, 
it's a it's a mellow song. It's you know the, the words are a little heavy, but um, you know the boys really like it. And they came out and they played that as one of their encores. And you know throughout the set of the Air Brothers, they were the the kind of the closing out headliner on Sunday. You know, there's a few tunes that you could see them singing along the songs for, and you know really you know oh I know this one and dancing, but you know to hold your kids and hear you know a song that you love and is really special to you and have them singing it with you and singing it to them was definitely one of the uh, you know it was Father's Day so it was pretty close to pretty close to perfect. The only way it could have been uh, better is if as soon as everything was over there was a teleport uh, you know teleport option and I could just be home because that drive home was a little was a little rough, saw some, you know, road minions and what have you, you just driving, you know, uh, late at night, get a little tired there. So there's many cups of coffee that were had on that, that drive home. But I would, um, I'd highly recommend it if you're, if you're thinking about doing it, you know, we, uh, are, we had a positive first experience and we'll, we'll definitely be doing it again. So you're listening to the 16 ounce canvas, the art of fair for your podcast, 16ozcanvas.com is the website and 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've got some exciting stuff coming up for you in the next probably week to 10 days, so stay tuned for that. A lot of announcements, a lot of opportunities to engage, and just a lot of fun to be had by all. So let's get into it. Episode 116, Drew Mullen, artist extraordinaire, teacher, Red Sox superfan, dad. He's got labels coming out later in the year with Foam Brewing. He's done some stuff with the Alchemist Brewport here in Connecticut. And so uh, don't sleep on him. Mullen with two L's, M-U-L-L-E-N underscore art on Instagram. Poke him. Let him know he needs to come up with a website so you can buy some of his stuff. Support your local artist. But first, support Drew Mullen. Right here, episode 116 at the 16-ounce canvas, The Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, The Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Very excited to have with us today, checking in from Fairfield, Connecticut, Mr. Andrew Mullen. Funny story, Andrew and I met many years ago. We actually met on the disc golf course in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and I've been uh, following, been a big fan of his work ever since, and just uh, really appreciate, you know, uh, you being able to make the time today. You know, it's kind of funny that, you know, we're probably the closest of, of the guests, and it's been, um, you know, with both of us having little ones, it's been, uh, it's been tough to, uh, you know, coordinate, so I'm really glad we can finalize it especially as you end your year off as, uh, you know, finishing, getting ready for summer as, as a teacher. So it's a, it's a perfect time to, to connect. That it is. Well, I just want to thank you for having me on, um, you know, and bringing light to my work and so many other artists' work. I mean, I think what you're doing here is is pretty impressive, and uh, we really appreciate it. So. Yeah, no, it's really great. I mean, I, I um, you know, like I said, we connected way back, and I got really turned on by your, you know, you do – um, one of uh, Andrew's specialties is Scratchboard, and it just he does some really you know really unique stuff. Um, I think early on we first we first connected, you had just started, or it was kind of on under Hush was doing some work for you know the Alchemist, and you know had done some work for them. If you actually go up to Stowe, yeah. folks, if you go up there, there's um, above where they do the you know the the tasters the the, the draft uh, while you're there. There's kind of an animation of one of uh, Andrew's pieces there, which is really cool to see that. And uh, it's kind of that's was kind of the the start of it all. So it's yeah, it's really kind of cool to see it come full circle. Yeah, they were pretty they were pretty uh, um, awesome there. Like uh, John and Jim Kimmich. Uh, when I so when I contacted them, I just kind of went up there and uh, I was they were they were close to the public at that time. It was before they opened the new brewery. Um, I was trying to 
basically, you know, just get a get a hold of them and get get my hands on some of the Alchemist beer without having to wait in some lines. Uh, so I, you know, I call them up and I said, you know, I just wanted to take some photos of the uh, um, of the place. I'm, you know, I was a visual artist looking to looking to do some work uh, with the canning line as the main focus. And um, you know, they were really accepting. They're like, just yeah, come on up. What what, what day works for you? So uh, um, I went up there, ended up taking a taking a bunch of. I was really into I was teaching a photography class at the time, um, so I was doing pinhole photographs. Um, so it was really really interesting for me to go up there and kind of like take, take long exposure shots of the brewery. And uh, I also brought my digital camera and took a bunch of photos and that's what I used as the, uh, the reference work. It's actually Kenny Gardner, their, uh, uh, their canning line guy. That's, uh, that's pictured in the image that's there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool to see that. And just then when, um, to see it in, you know, being animated is always, you know, it's really cool to see that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's that nice. was, um, um, Trevor Karmick did the animation. He does beer labels in motion, which is oh okay. Cool, uh, that's what I always yeah, that's what I always think of when I think of that. Yeah, I always thought of that. So I didn't. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. He's the one who kind of put that whole thing together. And uh, Jess Graham is their, um, you know, their creative designer up there, and she uh, she's the one who kind of set that whole thing up for me. I also did a couple of uh, disc golf designs for them. They have a few uh, a few discs that uh, they they ended up putting out two years ago, three years ago. They just ran off another runoff, but that's uh that's the Dan Blake's and Lee uh, um Petty Topper guy and Focal Banger guy that I kind of uh used and morphed into like a disc golf design. Yeah, we had Jess on episode seven and so we had Dan on yep. he was our first and it's really cool to see that. Yeah, and I think we, we without you know, I think it'll come up in your story, but you're an avid uh disc golfer. Yeah, you, know, you probably haven't got to the got there as much now with the the little one but you know that's kind yeah, of not as much yeah but um yeah that's how like i said that's how we first met at, at disc golf um we were talking before i think the first time i ever had second fiddle or, or fiddlehead was you know you were mm-hmm. there at there's they had a little picnic table at uh, one of the holes and you were just you know you were super friendly and so i remember i was there with my brother-in-law and uh yeah i've uh i haven't been i haven't been disc golf in a while but i do have my own set now finally so i feel that's the next step and um yeah, I really, I really need to brother in law Frank, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, we're going to see him this weekend uh, at uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. We're going to see him this Great. weekend at Mountain Jam. So we're pretty excited. He moved up. He, mo- he moved up that way. But this is, you know, you're a, you know, you're a teacher. You know, you're an artist. Your father. I mean, what's kind of let's, let's take this is your turn, Drew. Like take over the show here. But what's kind of the, you know, it's the Drew Mullen story. And for folks at home, plug away. M U L E N underscore art. You can find him uh, on Facebook as well as Instagram. Follow along with that. Um, and you know, there's a, a Wix site in, in progress. I think it's linked on the Facebook page. But, you know, um, you know, check those two out. See what he's doing. There's just tons of stuff. I know you just recently did the, speaking of discs, right? Disc Jam 2019, you did the disc for that too. Yep. Yep. Correct. Yeah, I also did a couple of trophies for them in the last few years. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as, as, for, as for my artwork and uh, things like that, I mean, I started off um, – and just, you know, going into the teaching business, I, I, I didn't know if I could, you know, have the skills to make it as an illustrator. You know, I didn't know if I really wanted to test my, you know, test my skills in the market. So teaching was something that, you know, I always really loved school and, and uh, really enjoyed being around other people. I'm a talker. So um, <laughs> my students would tell you that. Uh, so for me, you know, you know, getting into teaching was, was a, was a logical uh, kind of like, career path um and then you know as as i progressed as a teacher i started doing you know, more and more examples for students more and more examples for students 
and I came across this, uh, uh, you know, scratch board that was, you know, not the paper scratch board that, you know, I think a lot of people did in middle school. It's, it's like a eighth of an inch thick piece of masonite um, or like particle board with a uh, um, little piece of white clay. And it's coated with a Sumi ink or India ink that's, uh, you know, really, really thin. It's sprayed on by like a machine. So it's, it's like perfectly evenly coated. Uh, and it's like you scratch and carve into it. And it's all intricate, fine line work. Um, I'm a little obsessive compulsive. So for me, carving into something is, is therapeutic. I like subtractive art an awful lot. Uh, so anything where you're carving into something instead of adding art, you know, adding something, a material to a piece of paper or whatever. Um, I really like you know, subtracting something from it. Um, it's a little bit more satisfying. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like doing both. But um, So for me, teaching, you know, kind of led me into the scratch board world. I did a couple of examples with, uh, um, you know, these um, really nice uh, uh, scratch board panels and decided I was going to kind of go that route and really started exploring it as a fine art medium. Uh, ended up getting a bunch of solo shows at, you know, coffee shops and little galleries and things in the area. Uh, and people responded really well to the work. So I started doing juried shows and really started to try to branch out and, you know, uh, get my work out there as much as I could. So I started, you know, I also really love creative writing. I did a couple of, you know, articles and illustration pieces for magazines. And, you know, that gave me a little bit more exposure, um, just, just, you know, a little bit nice little notches on the resume because people always ask you, you know, what have, what have you done? You know, what have you done? And if you haven't done anything, then and nobody wants to really look at your work. So it's kind of a nice uh, uh, foot in the door kind of thing. Um, so um, from there, you know, I, I uh, started reaching out to you know, anywhere, you know, anywhere that I was like interested in something. So uh, I really love snowboarding. I really love skiing. I really love, you know, skateboarding, craft beer, disc golf, baseball, um, all of these things. So, I, you know, my artwork tends to revolve around things that I really love and pursue. Um, and at the time I was doing, you know, a couple of things with craft breweries and, you know, um, you know like I, I was photographing the breweries and, and doing a little bit of work that pertained to those photographs, going on hikes and, you know, like doing a bunch of landscape work from the hikes. Uh, so, I uh, started just reaching out to different breweries and different, um, you know, different, you know, I guess media sources that you know could get could get my work out there, um, and I ended up running into, like I said, John and uh, John and Jen Kimmich up there, and um, you know they hooked me up with Jess Graham, and uh, you know that started that. Um, recently, I've been, uh, you know, I, I reached out to Foam Brewers up in uh, Burlington, Vermont, because they were doing art shows in their brewery. And uh, Danny Casey was kind enough to allow me to hang my work up there for a month. Um, and, you know, I got, again, I got like a really nice response from, you know, every, everyone who was at the brewery and everyone who, you know, was working there. And you know, I got some nice emails from the, from the show. Uh, and when I went up to pick up the work uh, that didn't sell, um, John Farmer, uh, who does a lot of their creative work up there, uh, he's one of the Danny and John are one of the two of the five, I think, co-owners of the of the brewery. But um, they offered to uh, throw my uh, throw my artwork on some labels, which is kind of how I got started with with the beer label thing. Those have not actually come out yet, though. They're they're going to be on uh, bottles, uh, barrel aged stout bottles. Um, but they were doing some bottle conditioning stuff that you know was supposed to come out a month ago or so, but they're they're kind of pushing that back. 
Sorry, I ramble for a little bit. No, no, you're great. Yeah, no, I, oh, the ramble is my favorite. I mean, I just, yeah, I, just, I definitely, uh, I'm, no one should ever apologize for that. I, that makes my job a lot easier. But yeah, yeah, I had a, we, we went to, we went up in December. Uh, we stayed in Burlington for over the hot week. We went after Christmas with the family and stayed through New Year's. And we had an awesome time at foam. And so, yeah, I really love what they're doing up there. Um, I haven't, yeah, I, an amazing setup. yeah it's, it was just fun. It was like totally holiday vibe, you know, they had like a DJ and everyone was super yeah. friendly and it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely tough to leave. You know, we were, we were those people with kids in a brewery and it was, yep. you know, it was, and they were, you know, no one gave us evil eyes and you know, what have you. And, um, no, it's a it's a really kid friendly place too. I mean, yeah. it's small, but you know, the interior is small, but you no, know, it's, a. Uh, uh, I feel like, you know, we, we took the twins up there uh, and they were, you know, a year old for my art show. So <laughs> it worked out just fine. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I definitely, um, I have yet to have some of their bottled stuff, but everything I've had on draft and cans has been, has been awesome. So we'll, we'll be on the lookout for. Well, I have, I have, uh, um, John gave me a few bottles last time I was up there. So uh, some House of Fermentology stuff and cool. the, uh, the foam brewer stuff. So we'll I'll be sure to pass some of that along to you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I, I really love what they're doing, and I was, uh, and they most recently did that, you know, the canvas idea. I just think they're really creative, and so I, I definitely need to reach out to them and see we, we figure a way to, to collaborate on in, in some some facet. So if you your phone folks are listening, much love, and uh, we'll figure figure a way to do something in the future. But when you were when you were growing up, like, did you always like were you always drawn? Were you always drawn? I mean, because you're pretty active too, so it's kind of a nice oh, balance yeah. of like like of you know who you are you're not just you know you're, you're pretty busy i mean yeah for me i like uh my parents will tell you you know they they i, I always had something in my hand and it was usually like some kind of uh you know pen crayon marker something something to draw with uh i never really took it seriously even even in high school you know i, I took a lot of drawing classes and a lot of art classes in high school but I was primarily an athlete in high school and i was i was really hooked on you know like i was really focused on baseball and and uh um you know, snowboarding and skateboarding, like all these, you know, like little distractions. So I never really, I didn't take it that seriously, but it was always, you know, I always took the classes and I was always like really into it. Um, but I never thought it would turn out to be a, uh, um, you know, something that I would be doing for a living. Um, but yeah, you know, like I started at a, at a young age drawing and, and my, my brother has a, uh, you know, a five-year-old now um, who, you know, same thing. It's just really, it's really interesting to watch her, you know, progress and, and see how she really like, like just gets drawn to crayons, markers and really loves just artwork in general. And, you know, my parents kind of tell me that that's, that's what I was like when I was that age. And it's, it's really fun to, to see somebody at that age, kind of like, just get a, you know, get a feel for it and figure out what's going on with the materials and have a little fun. Yeah, it's nice. I yeah. think, yeah, I think, and I get definitely introspective with the kids. I think it's nice because, when you have kind of the wear and tear of, uh, of work and you see like just kind of the carefree nature of it and just the things that the kids are doing are by, or by choice. And just, you know, the, it's just, mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of that, you know, the, the purity of it all is, is, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really refreshing. Yeah. Cause it's just like, okay, they yeah. don't, they don't know any different. They don't know, you know, they don't have a yeah. pretense. And so it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of nice. So do you like, was there a moment when you decided like you're going to give it a shot? I mean, like, and like try to make a, a thing i mean that's i mean i, I always find yeah, that interesting. i went i mean i went to I went to college my my freshman year for business you know like i, yeah, I, I went nice. to eastern connecticut state university for business and um 
one of the, you know, I was in a program that was like, you know, like kind of like a freshman program. And they, uh, um, you know, one of the things you had to do was take an art class. And, you know, my professor there was like, you know, why aren't you doing this? And, uh, you know, why aren't you doing this for, you know, like a living? And I was like, yeah, maybe that's a good idea. And, you know, I always, like teacher was always something that was in the back of my head because I, I, I really, I, you know, like a lot of people always complained in school. Like I, I loved school, you know, um, I liked going, I liked going, I stayed there the whole time. I never skipped school. I, you know, it's always a relatively good student, you know? Um, so, so it's something that, you know, I, I've always wanted to do. And then, you know, kind of piggybacking that with the arts it just seemed like a, a natural thing. I taught middle school for a little while, which was, which was interesting because, you, you know, as a middle school teacher, you kind of have to be an entertainer in the arts. Um, a lot of people aren't that interested in it at that age. I mean, a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the boys aren't that interested in that at that age. So um, it was kind of, uh, you know, kind of got to be like a little entertainer and get them, you know, get them involved in it in some way, shape or form. Um, but, you know, now I teach in the high school and, and it's, uh, it's a whole different ballgame. It's, it's, you know, everyone wants to know what you know. Everyone is legitimately interested in your knowledge. Um, and it's, it's really, it's really refreshing. And, you know, every, kids, the kids, in the building that I'm in right now are extremely talented. And it's, it's really, it's really amazing. Um, so it's, it's been a, it's, it's been great too, for me as an artist to be working with people and teaching them because, you know, to actually think about what you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're doing it and to break it down into, you know, multiple different ways to explain it to people is, is to me uh, very helpful in terms of, you know, actually mastering your own process uh, and figuring out what you do and again, why, why you do it. Um, so that kind of stuff is, you know, it's always been really interesting to me. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. Our, um, when, when this, you know, this week's or when, the week that we record this is artist um, is an also a high school teacher. And it's kind of cool that, I mean, you two are the hardest to block down all season because the school was just so funny. And then we did it right, you know, right at the end of the, of the, of the summer, perfect summer kickoff. But yeah, that's what he was saying, like to really, to realize that everyone in the class could potentially have a different way of learning. And so to have to really be able to explain it and multi, like, you know, you know, I, my wife is, she teaches seventh grade or eighth grade. She, she cycled, but, um, she's always in Bridgeport. Yeah. Eighth, eighth grade this year. Um, yeah. and, uh, and yeah, yeah, so the idea, yeah, she loves it. I mean, like you said, you love it. Like I couldn't get her to do anything great. else. I mean, like you, you, it, it's a lot of energy at that age, man. You got to dump in a lot. Yeah. So like I said, she's, you know, she's fighting the good fight. That's a good thing. Yeah. She cycled. So she has the same kids for two years. So I think that's a, kind of a, mm-hmm. and, this, and, and she lucked out yep. with that. It was her best class she's ever had. So yep. like the fact that like she got those them for two years, but like the idea, like that's someone's so an auditory cool. and sensory and tactical, like all these different mm-hmm. ways. And then to have to try to present the same idea in all those different ways, is really probably like you're saying, you know, honed your skills in, in new ways that you never thought before, which is, it's fucking really cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I really think, uh, um, you know, that, that really pushed me ahead as an artist was, you know, when I started, you know, teaching on a higher level in terms of, you know, I mean, now I teach basically like only drawing classes. Um, so I teach like drawing one and a drawing two, and then I teach an honors portfolio, um, which is kids that, you know, all want to go to school for the arts and, um, you know, so I need to, I need to know everything about everything. So you need to learn ceramics, you need to learn printmaking, you need to learn all these different mediums. Um, and, 
it keeps you sharp, you know, and it keeps you thinking and it keeps you creative and, and being around a bunch of people that are always creating is, uh, it's, it's so, it's, it's like, uh, um, energizing, you know, um, just kind of end up rolling with it, which, you know, it's, it's, we kind of feed off of each other, which is, which is fun. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's great. Cause, and then to show that, show that you're doing it, you're out there, you're, your grinding, you know, is inspiring. And I think the fact that where you are in your mm-hmm. career to have kids who are, you know, really like that, you know, love it is, is really nice to, it's really nice to see. What's this? I hope it's beneficial for them too, you know, in terms of like being able to look at my work. Cause I, I try to bring as much of the, you know, as much of what I'm doing outside of, you know, outside of the classroom into the classroom. So, you know, they watch the process. They, you know, uh, they talk, they ask me about, you know, business end of it, like pricing and, and you know what you're what you're trying to do with you know um, you know well, you know like your design or you know it, it, they're picking your brain about the process, which is you know I think uh, it can only help them in the long run. So yeah, it's it's cool because yeah, I think even just that bit the business aspect of things is is a whole nother like mm-hmm. dimension of of it. That's, that's the hardest part of it, you know, is how do you price your artwork? You know, it's, I mean, I did fine arts for you know like just like gallery shows and things like that for the longest time, so. Um, you know, you don't want to price yourself. You you want to sell your stuff for what you think it's worth, but you don't want to price yourself out of somebody's, you know, out of somebody's wallet. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's that's the trickiest part of the whole thing is is figuring out, you know, like the pricing and how do you, you know, how do you price creativity? How do you price like that kind of thing? And and, it, and you know, for me, I, you can't do it on time. You know, you can't do it on your time because if so, like no one would ever be able to afford you. Um, because, you know, I dump a lot of, you know, it's, it's every day, all, you know, like most of the day, every day that you're dumping into this kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta find a balance as to what works for you and, you know, figure it out. And it's, there's definitely a learning curve to that. So, yeah. Now on your, on your scratchboard pieces, I mean, you're talking, we're talking about time, like how much mm-hmm. time goes into that? I mean, you said you're OCD and so you're probably, probably yeah. have to pull it out of your hands for you to say it's finished, but you know, like yeah how much time how much time it's, are you putting really is it i know it's a odd question depends but. on the piece you know like i i've worked i've worked i work everything from a five by seven to uh you know to a six foot by you know six foot piece oh, so shit, yeah. um yeah like so i've done like but the, the ones that i buy uh ampersand makes a, a product it's like um you know it's like a big two foot by three foot slab um, so I, I combine a bunch of them together, build like a big wooden backing and, and do those, but you know, like a couple of months for something like that. I mean, uh, I did one of the, you know, skyline of Bridgeport, um, like where the, um, the smokestack and the, uh, um, heart, you know, the baseball field there, what used to be the baseball field, the bluefish field, Sigh. Um, you know, yeah, sigh. um, uh, I, I did a big scratch board of that. Um, that's like three panels that took me an entire summer. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the bigger pieces take a while, but the, the 18 by 24s and, you know, something that's 18 by 24 or smaller, um, I can bang them out. Uh, you know, it depends on how focused I am, but you know, in a week or so, um, but hour wise, I don't know, you know, it's, uh, it really depends on the piece because a lot of, you know, like everyone always wants to like, that's just the time you're dumping into the actual, you right. Know, you're, actual you're always thinking, yeah, like, you're always thinking about it ahead of time. The, right. Yeah. The planning and the, you know, and the, and the sketching, and the, you know, making sure it's right. Cause you can't make a mistake on those things. If you do, it's like, you, you'll always see it. <laughs> so, 
So, because uh, um, there's no really racing, you know, you can go back, you can add some ink, but it leaves a it leaves a ditch where you've carved. So, um, you know, it's it's always visible to somebody. Now, but, how do you um, now how do you do that? Do you have like a stencil that you put over it, or do you just draw it out ahead a I'll few do times? A drawing, I'll do a drawing to the size of the actual panel that I'm doing, and then I transfer it on. So everything I do, I draw first on a separate sheet. Um, transfer it on because you really can't erase on the scratch board it'll leave like uh um it wears where's the where's the board a little bit uh so you can't really the black dulls like to kind of a strange gray color where you've erased and even when you spray it with a fixative it's still there um so it changes the texture of the panel a little bit so you never want to erase um but i always uh i always do the drawing to the size transfer it on uh, and then carve from there that's pretty cool yeah yep. Yeah, I've been really into, uh, uh, lately I've been doing a lot of like uh, weird found object carvings. I got, you know, my, when my grandmother passed away, uh, we went through, you know, the house and found all these really old, like, you know, 1940s and 50s, like, uh, you know, like wooden things like skateboards with metal wheels and, you know, like, so I've been carving really strange things with, you know, yeah, you know, a little bit more graphic, uh, um, graphic design kind of feel to them a little bit less like uh, uh scratch boardy like intricate line work but more like fat lines um and i've been doing a lot of, i've been doing a lot of that kind of stuff that you know desk carvings um i've done a couple uh found found some old like high school desks and some old college desks that were like really kind of beat up and carved into them so i've been really into that kind of stuff lately but again just the subtractive stuff has really been uh you know, kind of interesting for me lately now, do you prefer black and white? Is that always, are you being drawn to that? Or is it more that you just fell in love with Scratchboard and that was kind of like the... the I fell in love of... with Scratchboard and that, yeah, that, was, that was black and white. So it was, you know, like I said, uh, um, it, it start, I started doing Scratchboard again because it was conducive to where we were living. Uh, I was in this tiny little apartment, you know, um, and, you know, oil painting. I loved, I love oil painting still, um, but it just wasn't working. I mean, the, the fumes and the, you know, like it just, you know, everything about it, like the mess, the, you know how long the the paint stays active for you just you do find paint everywhere you know and it's just kind of an annoyance when you know you're living in a small place so the scratch board only creates a little bit of dust um so i started doing that because you know mainly convenience too it was like you know do i want to make a mess every day and have to you know it's, it's tough to pick up clean up uh maintain an oil you know an oil painting environment um so and I started with the scratch board because of that, you know, it's just uh kind of ease of use too. And I just fell in love with it. So I've been banging those out since I think 2004, I started doing the uh, scratch boards. Um, and I uh, haven't really looked back since. And it lends itself nicely to illustration and to things like, you know, what, what, you know, like the beer labels and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. And I don't think too, I don't think too many people are doing it, you know, like there's, there's a lot of cool scratch art out there, but you know, uh, um, in terms of, you know, I, I do a lot, I do a lot of like stupid internet, you know, searches for, you know, for artwork and stuff, you know, just for school in general. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of people doing the scratch board stuff, which, you know, also kind of was like, I, you know, at least I'll have like a little bit of a niche there and kind of, uh, have some fun with it, but it definitely helps my, my OCD. <laughs> yeah. It, it seems like, uh, it's kind of, uh, like a cousin to like wood, like kind of like wood carving, like we like mm -hmm. making the wood in like a stamp. Like I always like kind of 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I still, I, I do like, uh, um, we, we can't do the wood block cutting because it's, I mean, for me, that's uh, it's a little, it takes too long to do in school, but I do a lot of like the lino block cuts and stuff like that, um, uh, which is, I, I find to be, uh, you know, again, like that kind of satisfying thing. And it is, it is very, very, very much the same, same concept. I mean, you need to think in, in negatives and you need yeah. to think about like what's going to be white and what's going to be black. Um, cause a lot of what I'm doing is you're not shading dark areas. You're leaving the panel dark. So you're thinking about highlights and how to shade in highlights. So obviously high contrast imagery works the best. And, um, you know, the same thing goes for you know, a lot of those like wood block and lino block cuts is that high contrast image really pops. So it's very similar, you know, very similar stuff. Now you're a pretty good uh, disc golfer. I think that that we you know I don't, from from following from afar. Now I, I have a weird question though with with the fact that you do you've done a lot of different discs. Is there, I mean, you're a purist. Is is there any concern that it might impact the disc and like the throwing and like 
all of that? How, how no, it's... so so what they so what they do with the disc is it's a different it's a completely different process. Like so it's like it's hot stamping, so it's like a foil stamped on top of the disc and it's actually built into like everything, you know, there's a couple of them that you can buy them blank, but uh, most companies, you know, will put their own stamp on things. Um but, you know, for tournaments and, you know, uh, um special events and for clubs and you know, a lot of, a lot of different things like that. Like people want, you know, intricate artwork, like some really, you know, some interesting stuff that's unique to their, you know, to their event or to their, um, thing, but no, it doesn't, it doesn't affect the, uh, the flight of the disc at all. Um, it, if you add, you know, it's, it's, it's against the regulations of the PDGA. If you go and add like, you know, any kind of paint, but you can also, you can add like Sharpie inks and stuff to it if you wanted to. You can go on and draw on them all you want, and it's not really gonna, not really gonna affect the flight of the disc at all. Um, but that, you know, because I think they they work in all those specs into the, you know the fact that there's gonna be like that foil on there, and I don't think it really affects the uh, the weight or the you know um, the flight of the disc that much. But there's a, there's a lot of inconsistencies in terms of you know disc to disc with disc golf, and you know you can buy like the same mold. Um, you know, one, one type of disc and, you know, buy it once and then buy it a year later and it'll fly a little bit different. So, um, you know, it's, it's, there's some inconsistency there, but they're working on that. I think <laughs> I hope. Do, you, do you have a brand that you not to, we always hope we get people sponsors, but I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's pretty, very unlikely, but do you have a preferred brand of, of, uh, disc golf discs? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I've been throwing a lot of like Innova stuff, um, you know, and uh, I throw like prodigy putters, um, mm-hmm. but Innova, Innova, I think around here is, is kind of the, uh, the big thing. Uh, and so it's always the two big guys in, in disc golf or Innova and Discraft and prodigy is like this, uh, you know, this other company that's, it's, it's just there. Um, but I, I love their discs, you know, like, I feel like they're just like not as popular. I mean, some of their pro players are really good, but you know, they're just not as popular of a, of a company overall. I mean, at least not in this region. Um, but you know, the Innova discs, I feel like uh, are, I mean, every, everyone's got their little thing. So, you know, like I, I, I really like, I, you know, most of the, most of the stuff that's in my bag, I'm looking at my bag right now. <laughs> most of the stuff that's in there is Innova. So um, I'd probably say I'm, I lean more towards that side. Um, but you know, Discraft I think has a lot of really cool stuff too. Yeah, the and we mentioned before again. If you go to Mullen with two L's, M U L L E N underscore Art, you can see the 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 disc you made for the Dish Jam Music Festival, which are Innovas, and that's like it's like a it's like a badass like turkey, right? It's pretty awesome. It's like a that's in, like a it's, a it's a skull of an owl with like these freakishly weird wings. Um, yeah, I, I like that one. It's it's a very yeah. strange, uh, and it's got kind of a disco ball kind of like background to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got these like triangles. It feels a little bit like Native American, um, but I, I really when I did, it's got these really like the hypnotic eyes. It's like it's a it's a strange. It's it's really cool. It's a, it's I really a, like it's different it. Different for me. Yeah, I really yeah, like it. It looks like a headpiece. Yeah, like you were saying before, like yeah. the white space where yep. those pyramids are, diamonds or trying whatever you want to call them, disco ball. It looks yeah, like you it. could definitely throw a face down there. Yeah, it looks like some like sort of like yeah, it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty sick. I almost yeah. did it. I almost did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but, yeah, yeah I, and I you know I've done some stuff for. Um, Maple Hill, uh, which is a disc golf course in Leicester, Mass. Uh, it's like this really beautiful property. Um, and that's, that's been, I think, the, my favorite disc that I've done with this. It's just like, uh, 
very Escher-esque kind of like lake um, scene with, you know, like the leaves on the lake and uh, the disc golf basket in the distance. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoy doing because it's, it's, you know, graphic design like that is, is not something that, you know, I was, I was, I guess, trained to do, you know, like I, I did, like I said, I took a lot of like figure drawing classes and, you know, um, you know, uh, like how to draw classes, not so much how to design a page classes. Um, so, uh, for me, the, the graphic design end came really slowly and, um, I, you know, I, I was never trained on a computer and that's where everything's done now. So, um, you know, for me to, you know, I just did a bunch of YouTube searches and figured out how to use Photoshop and Illustrator and, and uh, didn't look back. So it's, it's been fun. Um, you know, the, the design end of things is always a challenge. And, um, you know, I, I always, uh, designing in a circle is different than, you know, designing in a rectangle as well. So I always look forward to that challenge, you know, uh, trying to figure out how to, how to work with the shape um, that you're that you're putting something on. Yeah, the the um, heady, yeah the heady topper one with the focal banger guy, and yeah the maple yeah. hill disc golf one is great. I mean, again, it's black and white too, which I'm always, I always, I'm always, yeah. I'm always drawn to that. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I always think I think it's because I'm colorblind. I think it's really what it is. I, I just know because it's like it's pure to me, and it just I know it. I yep. know I know it, it. That's it's right, and so that that's always been when it's done well. It always it always pops for me. There really is. I mean, something about the simplicity of, of black and white is is always beautiful, um, whether it be a photograph or, you know, like a piece of artwork, uh, you know, just charcoal, like white and black charcoal or, you know, um, pen and ink. Um, all, all those things are, you know, line work to me is is uh, some of the most intriguing stuff, I think, in, in artwork is, you know, how people build up line and um, how, how you use line, either simply or, you know, really intricately. I, I have problems with, you know, like myself, uh, you know, in my design work, what was tough about it is, is figuring out how to use simple line, like how to, how to tell a story with as few lines as possible. Um, because I'm used to being able to express my, you know, express my visual palette with whatever, you know, however many lines I want. Um, with shading and, you know, like all that stuff with the scratch board, it's all, it's like millions of lines built up. Um, and I feel like a lot of good graphic design, it's really simple line and shape work that, you know, tells a story or an image like very quickly. And I think, you know, if you can do that, then that to me is almost just as impressive or more impressive than being able to, you know, uh, intricately use like paint or you know like uh, uh any kind of like drawing material like with you know like photorealism or anything like that but just being able to uh simply describe something with as few lines as possible i think is there's something to be said about that so yeah i think that's why i really like the maple hill one because like it's almost like a reverse of you know where black is your lead color in a lot of your scratch board yep. it's like being comfortable with all the emptiness and the white space gives it that depth mm -hmm. and allows it and you you thicker lines than you normally use. And so it just shows, it shows, you know, your versatility. And I really, yeah, I'm really kind of drawn to that. And I'm a sucker for okay. any Escher, Escher-esque like work. Yeah. He's one of my Yeah. That, that one definitely has that Escher feel to it. I think that, uh, three worlds, I think that one's called where he's got the, uh, the, the koi fish in the, yeah. in the lake there. It's oh. just a beautiful piece. Yeah, when we were in, uh, when I lived in the Netherlands for a period, got to go to the his museum, and it was it was amazing. So that was probably one of the the highlights for me. 
Uh, when I lived in the Netherlands for a little bit, huh? Yeah, just casually slipped <laughs> that in there. It was for work. It was for work. Yeah. It was cool. Before weed was legal in America, it was, awesome. yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty great. Yeah, it's just like oh yeah, it's in like the old Queen's Palace. I want to say in Delft, but I could be wrong. Or maybe it's the Hague. But <laughs> anyway, I sound bougie, and I'm not trying to be. Um, now the the cans that are coming out, or the excuse me, the, the labels for the the bottles for uh, foam. How did how did that come to be? Did they use your the pieces you had already created, or these pieces that you created just for them? No, they, so they, uh, you know, John saw the work, uh, you know, that I had put up in the show, and he was, oh man, I really love the scratch boards. He said this, you know, he loves black and white stuff, and I was like, I just really like you to do, um, you know, a design for. I said it would work really well for barrel aged stout. Is really what he was thinking. Um, so they had this plan. Uh, a lot of their stuff is like kind of either pop culture based, like they're you know, uh, their titles for, for beers, or it's like based off of, you know, either, you know, some kind of music or some kind of book or so. so this was, uh, um, their idea for the, for the, you know, I guess branding of this one was, uh, um, uh, Jack Kerouac novel, which is uh, desolation angels. Um, it's the one he wrote after, uh, on the road. Um, you know, and I've always been a Kerouac fan. I, I read on the road in, um, you know, in high school. And ever since then, I wanted to go, you know, I wanted to drive across the country by myself and just basically, you know, just, yeah. you know kind of live. <laughs> yeah. That's still, yeah. Um, so, that's still you know, I, I ended up doing list, that two yeah. years ago. Oh, two yeah? years ago, I ended up driving across country by myself and just sleeping out of the back of my car. Um, my wife flew out and we did the Pacific Coast Highway. Uh, and then she flew out of San Francisco and I drove back. Um, and that was like all because of that, you know, reading that novel when I was, you know, in high school or so, I just always wanted to do it and I knew we were going to have kids. So it's like, all right, better do this now. Um, and you know, so John, you know, like sent along that and was like, you know, I want, I want to do something based off of this. And that's a really, you know, all, all of this stuff's very existential and it's very, uh, um, you know, what am I doing here kind of stuff? Uh, why are we here? Um, so you know, I did a little bit of research and, and came up with some, you know, some concepts and he wanted me, you know, he had, he had one concept that, you know, the way that they, uh, the way that they work is he, you know, kind of threw one thing out there. He's like, I want a couple of sketches from you. Um, I would like one that is, you know, like this, I'd like it to be, you know, in the woods with some trees and a guy, you know, and he's like, that's just the, you know, what you can, you know, the subject matter that I'd like, you know, like, all right. So I did one like that. And then I did, you know, I got like on a roll at work and I was just, uh, um, you know, it was, I get, I get to work about an hour and a half, two hours before, you know, school starts. And I, that's when I do a, a lot of my planning and a lot of like my own stuff. So, um, I ended up, uh, uh before the day started, ended up, uh, um, you know, kind of planning out like, you know, about 10 different sketches and, uh, um, emailed them over to him, took pictures of them. And, uh, um, John, uh, you know, I, I didn't hear back from him for a couple of days, and you know, it's like, oh man, he didn't uh -oh. like any of them. Yeah, you know, he's like, oh, oh, he's like, oh, it's talking to everyone else, and he's like, we're, we're going to use all of them. And I was like, oh, uh, okay, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, so uh, instead of just, you know, like he's like, at first they were kind of like wishy-washy about maybe just like choosing one of them, and you know, and then he's like, nah, I think we're going to use six of them. He's like, we're going to do six of them. So I was like, oh, that sounds great, you know. <laughs> um, so I got, I got to work on, you know, transferring the sketches onto the scratch board and like finalizing like the, uh, um, the look of them. Um, and then, you know, there was a, a give and take about, you know, where, where the, you know, where the lettering should go and, you know, how, how the title should, you know, fit on there and what, you know, what information goes on there, which, you know, was new to me because I had never done, 
you know, label work before. I mean, I, I knew it was coming, but, um, you know, I did, I did it to a specific size that they asked. Um, and, you know, we kind of just worked off of that and, um, they have a couple of graphic designers that, you know, work for them up there. And, uh, I think Jake was, uh, was very nice and you know, did, did a great job with the, uh, lettering and, you know, all of the, uh, kind of like where, you know, the placement of things on there. And, and I, th- I think they're going to be beautiful. Um, I can't wait to see them come out. Uh, I should be doing a can, uh, some, some can artwork for them this summer as well, which will be cool. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. And I like it cause they use unique die cuts too. I think that's all, that's another thing that draws me to them. It's not just, yeah. it's like super it's unique. And I think that, I well, mean, every, everything that they do up there, like the creative end of things at foam, I think is, you know, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, they, they do such a great job with the community up there. Like, so they have this, I mean, it's Burlington. There's, you know, Burlington, Vermont has a, a phenomenal arts community. Like it's, you know, I, I've wanted to move, move up there for quite some time, but, uh, I, you know, if I could find a teaching job up there, I, I'd consider it, uh, you know, but, um, you know, they, they, there's, you know, all of the artists that they work with, um, you know, the, the people that I met, I went up there to do a mural for them. Uh, they had this really cool um, Time Kills Art, you know, exhibit thing that was going on uh, where they allowed, you know, all of the can artists and bottle artists that have done work for them to come up uh, and paint the space that they're moving into. So they're expanding that brewery. Um, they're going to do like a whole different section. It's still up for grabs, like what's going on over there. But, you know, they, they let us uh, uh, paint murals all over the walls, uh, hang on sell our artwork and um all that whole area is going to be demolished um or you know pretty much was already demolished i think like about uh three weeks ago um and you know we, we got to keep a piece of the mural and um it was just a, a great experience but so i went up there and i painted you know i went up there on a saturday morning um drove up at 3 a.m got there for about eight uh they met me there um opened up early for me which was really nice and i got about five six hours i painted uh, uh this really weird like these typewriter hands that you know this big intricate typewriter and these weird hands that are like severed off like typing with floating keys it's a really strange image but uh um you know uh that's that's what i did on the walls up there and i got a chance to hang some of my scratch boards and they had this really cool uh, opening for it um where they where they released those blank canvas cans um uh, which was a really, really cool experience. But the artists that I met up there, I thought the, I'm probably going to butcher some names, but uh, Charlie Hudson was a really awesome, you know, uh, <laughs> an amazing painter. I watched him put up a, a just the first part of a mural. Um, and, you know, he's, he's done their whole, uh, whole back behind their, uh, the, their back uh, sitting room uh, where, where you can go outside and kind of like hang out outside their outdoor space. The mural behind there is all his, um, and he's done stuff in London, all over the world. Like his stuff's amazing. Uh, but he's done can work for them. Uh, I met him. It was really great. Like talking with him, um, uh, Will Gabbard, uh, Clark Derbs and, um, Jamie Tam, like all of them were painting while I was painting. Um, so it's kind of cool to, you know, just collaborate with other people. And again, like everyone up there just has nothing but nice things. They're the only brewery, I think, that's really doing things like this, where they're just inviting the community in, like a bunch of people that live around there. Or, I mean, I don't even live around there. Um, that are just, you know, I guess, like-minded, creative people, uh, you know, into the space just to do some stuff. It's it's, it's amazing. Um, and last, I think like last month they did, um, 
with uh, this this uh, Bethany Nichols, I think is her name. Um, she's a printmaker, uh, but she does like a bunch. We were talking about woodcuts. She does these like really cool woodcuts, but they did like a printmaking workshop for people and stuff up there. And like, you know, the community could come in and just, you know, make their own and use the, you know, like the printmaking stuff that she had there, which was, I don't know, it's, it's really, really cool stuff. Uh, I can't say enough nice things about them. Yeah. I was, it was, we were, yeah, we, I guess we had a great time and I was talking to them and, it was like just the the community up there, like you were saying. If I could live up there, that's definitely uh, they're on the oh, list. Insane, Them, right? They're yeah. Portland, Maine. There's like a few <laughs> spots. It was just like, yep. The food was great. Everywhere was cool. People were good. Like, and I'm a big yep. Eagles guy, you know. And uh, I was yep. like talking to somebody. I think I had an Eagles shirt on, and, and one of the guys was like, "Oh, he, he came up to me. As, he was an Eagles fan, one of the bartenders." <laughs> and it was like, "There's an Eagles bar in Burlington," and it was like the playoffs. And I was like, "What?" And I was there with all my fa- like all my Wait, siblings were from Philly. Yeah. We do like this trip every year, like a different city. And I was like, I was like, guys, I got some great intel. I'm like, this bar is an Eagles bar. And we're, (laughs) it was like freezing cold in Burlington. And we go to the game for the game the next day. And there's like 50 Eagles fans there. And we watched them beat the Bears. And it was fucking awesome. So I love Burlington. Um, It's, yeah, it's, it's always good. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely, uh, the, the phone crew inspires me. So it's, it's really nice, like, just to, to realize that people are kind of sharing that same vibe and it's Vermont. So it has, you know, it already has that inferred, but it's just, um, you know, they're making good beers and people are just digging it. And it's just, uh, it's just kind of nice to see that people can do something they love and still be a part of the community and give back and kind of, you know, bring people together. So it was cool. Agreed. Now, was it, was it different from, you know, you're used to these large, you know, scratch boards and what have you, canvases, to work for with the idea of a smaller canvas, so to speak, working with like, for like a can or a bottle, like trying to get that level of detail for a smaller piece? So so I didn't know whether or not I wanted to, and I'm still torn on the idea of like whether or not I should do it. And so with the scratch board, what's, what's funny about it is, you know, when you do it large and you shrink it down, the lines mute together and it looks like prismacolor like colored pencil like white color pencil or something um so it doesn't photograph or scan per se as well as i would like it to you know so i mean i've like when i, I had a lot of trouble starting out you know where, where i'd send i have these really cool like what i thought like look amazing in person you know these amazing images send send photographs of them and people would just like be like yeah i don't know if i like that you know and then you know so i i ended up speaking with uh um this, this woman nina bentley um she's you know she's got work in like the new britain museum of american art and, you know she was kind enough to just like let me in her home and be like come and bring me your bring me your work i'll tell you what you need to do so i brought you know i, I went over there and i was like yeah, i don't know what's going on and she was just like you need to bring these to people in person you know and i was like what do you mean she's like these these aren't going to photograph she, you know, and she kind of broke down the whole, the whole issue I was having, which is, you know, it mutes out really poorly in photographs. I mean, I found a way to, to do it, you know, the cameras have gotten, you know, even on your iPhone, it's pretty, pretty freaking clean. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, if it's a large image and you photograph it and it's all intricate lines, white lines, unless you like get it perfect, that it's going to look, it's going to look like somebody shaded it um, with uh, like a pencil or like I said, like white colored pencil, like Prismacolor on like a black piece of paper. Um, so I was having like a lot of trouble kind of getting, getting the work out there. Um, I don't know. 
Yeah, I could see that. Uh, it's kind of funny because you're choosing like a non-digital format, and then you get fucked because of the digital. You're trying yeah, because then you it's like people, and and that's how you got to market it too. It's like you got to photograph it and send it to people, you know. And they're like, yeah, I don't know if I like this. So for the longest time, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get too many shows until I started bringing the people and being like, can you please hang this? And they'd be like, oh, I love these. These are awesome. You know, really cool because they, you know, they take on a different feel too because, you know, like when you look at a record. Um, and you can see the grooves in the record and how it has that like gleam to it that kind of shine when you get the light right. Um, these have the same kind of feel to them, like because they're they're actual grooves in the thing. So there's you know I, I feel like when you look at them in person, there's uh, they take on a completely different you know persona than uh, than the photograph. Um, and that was that was a tough you know tough stigma to get over was you know people looking at him and being like oh, this just looks like you colored it with paint like, no, no no it's so much better in person hours but you know for shrinking them down to the labels it was you know I I was torn between that you know that concept of you know do I go big still or like normal size you know um, and then just like resize it to you know to fit shrink it down uh, but I I kind of did the labels to the exact specifications. Um, you know, so for the exact measurements so that you could see, you know, I, I scanned them in at like 1200 dots per inch, like, which is a little excessive, but, um, you know, I scanned them in like at a ridiculous, you know, you know, pixel quality so that it was, you know, you can read every single miniature line that's carved on there. And you can also read all the little mistakes if there are any, which, you know, I think is part of that, you know, part of the medium. I mean, a lot of times I'd get bent out of shape because like I said, I'd do a pencil drawing or something or I'd transfer something and I wouldn't, you know, follow the plan exactly. And you could still see the pencil underneath. But I think that's part of the, you know, part of the aesthetic of the piece, part of the, part of the pressure of working with the scratch board, I think is, you know, having to be precise. And, and I think uh, part of that comes with showing your, showing your mistakes when you make them and yeah i think it's great yeah because there's so many tools now you can make everything perfectly round or you know whatever Mm -hmm. and i i I don't know if you look at me i'm an ugly son of a bitch i'm not perfectly i'm probably like awkwardly proportioned and whatever like it's like that's who we are as people right so i i I like yeah i like when you can see the you know the the flaws or you know i don't know i call like perfect imperfections like i I don't see them as negatives i see like i like to think that you know I'm not a handyman at all. Like I, I'm, I, I'm terrible. My idea of like a tool is like a, you know, an Allen wrench from Ikea, but like, I like the idea of like a barn and like, and like things where you see people made them and you can see, you know, every piece isn't perfect. You know, probably if you're a carpenter and you're OCD, it might yeah. be different, but like, I just, I, I'm just really more, I'm drawn to that where it's, you know, the lines, every, well, every line's not perfect. And as a, you know, as a teacher, like she said, like, you know, I, I deal with kids that want, their stuff to be immaculate without putting in very much effort into it. You know, like people are like, I want mine to be perfect. And you're like, well, it's not going to be perfect. You know, I want it to look like the photograph that I took. It's like, well, you, you have the photograph. Like that's like, why do you want you draw to look like the photograph? Like, you know, it's a cool image. Like it's a great composition. Use it as a reference is one thing and to make it feel like its own thing, you know, to, yeah. be, to be the artist and to, and to turn it into what you want it to be is one thing. Um, but to just strictly just want to like present a photograph as a photograph is like, just print the photograph. Yeah, right. Um, get a dot matrix, get a nice printer. And... Realism because in itself is a crazy, you know, crazy <laughs> compulsive medium. But uh, I don't know, man. It's, you know, like, I, you got to make mistakes. You got you to, gotta, um, 
I mean, right now I have, a, I have a sketchbook that all I'm doing is just like looking at photos of faces and trying to like better my cross hatching and, and you know pen and ink work. Like, uh, um, and you know some of them some of them are really awesome. You know, I've, I've been like pausing movies and like uh, drawing from like you know like movie scenes. Uh, some of them are fantastic. Some of them are terrible. But you know, you just you just do it and you know it's it's an exercise and getting better at what you want to get better at and. You can't expect things to be perfect. If you do, then uh, you're in for a lot of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I remember in school we learned how to, how to draw eyes, and I, I would say I'm a pretty good eye drawer. That's not like a skill; like I can't really do much of that. But I can never draw noses. And then recently, like I still probably can't. But the other day, I, like this was like an adult. This was probably the last month. I was just like I went online and like I spent like a good amount of time just trying to draw noses because I was like, man, I just want to be able to draw a nose. <laughs> And I, I would say like one out of 10 were like decent, you know, but I was just like, it, it was, it was so, uh, I don't know. It was just nice. It was just actually nice. Cause I was like, I always remember, I don't remember who the teacher was, but I remember learning how to draw eyes and like how to do the curtain. And I was, so I was, my eyes would start out good. Then I would do the nose and I would just lose interest in the photo. So I'm like, at least let me try this. All right, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so I'm like, well, maybe now I can make it to like, you know, next I'll butcher the mouth. But like, it was just, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're doing a doodle or die again in September. So I wanted to get a little better in case I had to draw some faces. And, um, but I, I tell you the same thing that I tell the kids at work, which is, you know, um, all you really need, it's practice, man. Like it's, it's one of those things that I, and this, this is what I got from middle school, like teaching middle school boys was you had to make it like sports. I mean, it really is like, it's a physical activity. You're teaching your brain to work with your eye and work with your hand. It's hand eye coordination at its very finest. Um, so, I mean, like a lot of the kids that end up doing really well in my class that don't think they're going to do well in my class are athletes and people that are good at math end up doing pretty well in there as well. But, uh, um, you know, athletes, I feel like, uh, you know, surprise themselves sometimes because really, you know, it is just practice and it's hand-eye coordination and it's doing repetitive drills. It's It's learning. I mean, everyone thinks that, you know, drawing can't be taught or, you know, like that's, that's like a common misconception, I think, where it's, it's, it, you just need to, you just need to work at it. Like it's, it's, uh, some people have natural ability. Yes. Some people have natural ability in basketball and baseball and all these sports, but, um, I feel like you put in the effort, you do the same things over and over again, you know, uh, that are proven to work and, and you're going to get good results. I mean, you're going to get better at what you do. So, you know, you're you're on the right track with drawing noses, man. I do. You're doing it and I'm plugging away. And, yep. and eventually you're going to be like, oh, shit, I can draw noses, bro. <laughs> I know. Like, it was good because it was. And then you're going like, to move on to the mouth. Yeah. yeah. But it was, like, good because I could see it was, like, I found the sights and it was okay. It, you know, the the circle and the lines connecting it. And then, like, right, then you can see the racing. And, it, like, it, it clicked with me. It was like, okay, like. I don't have to like go at it like this massive attack plan, you know. It was good. I'll send, I'll send you. I'll send you some good face drawing stuff, man. All right, you cool. Remind me, but also I'll send you some good face drawing handouts. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> yeah, but I, I I agree. It's like the the Malcolm Gladwell, right? And so I think that like there's there's people who are amazing at whatever X is, but they yep. just they can't get like they that only gets you so far because there's always there's always mm-hmm. other people who are just as good. Like you you can't like. You know, Jordan had a, he was naturally the best, but like he still had to play basketball and practice every day. Like, so I, I definitely, I, I, I totally, uh, I totally get that. Um, I have, I have two more for you, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. And this is one of our newer questions. Um, is what are your thoughts on um, like design contests? Because I there's where 
there's kind of a mix. There's like two camps where obviously if you're getting started out, there's opportunities to get exposure. But then the flip side is the idea that people think exposure is a, is a, is a, uh, what the hell is like a way to pay somebody. And that, which is basically exploitative. Like, how do you feel about, you know, design contests? Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept now. It's a really good question because like, um, I'm, I'm fickle about this kind of thing. Um, I think, you know, obviously, if people are willing to participate in something that their that their payment for it is exposure, then more power to you. I mean, like you're you're never. I mean, like that's part of the market of you know, the whole business. You know, I I feel like that's always going to be a thing. Like, I mean, I know I know of a couple of breweries in in general. I mean, like Two Roads in the area does a, a the con artist contest every year. Um, and, you know, I would say if you do it, just do it right. You know, like uh, um, if you're going to if you're going to put stuff out there like that. I mean, I, I think, you know, um, a lot of a lot of people that are working in the industry would disagree with me on this. But uh, I feel like, uh, you know, if if you put something out there, just do it right. You know, uh, if you if you say that you're going to have specific, you know, guidelines, just follow your guidelines and, and do that. Um, and, and it's all right to, it's all right to do that kind of thing. Cause if somebody, you know, everyone's going to be, I don't participate in those, um, because of the fact that I feel like it ends up being like either a, a internet popularity contest or, um, you know, some kind of weird, <laughs> uh, I don't know, like some kind of weird, uh, um, voting thing um and you know and then it's just like you know who can share more or who can do this more um which and like i said if you're willing to participate in something like that do it and go hard at it and you know really try but you know i feel like anyone that's being paid to do work in the industry thinks that that's kind of stepping on the toes of you know working artists that you know have already established themselves that you know want these jobs in general um so I mean, it's it's a it's a hot I'd say it's a hot button issue. But uh, um, personally, I think you know if if you if you want you know like I think you know if if there weren't things out there like that, I probably you know people probably wouldn't have looked at my work. Um, you know, so I, I feel like they're necessary, but I feel like they're also, you know, it's also all going to ruffle some feathers as it uh you know as it goes on. But you know, I don't I don't see a a big issue with it. I just think that. You know, a lot of times things like that, um, you know, like I said, just turn into like kind of a popularity contest on the internet, which I don't always think uh, promotes the best work. Because there was some in that con artist contest last year, there was some really awesome stuff. Um, and I, I did that one two years ago. Um, I, I put some stuff in there and, uh, you know, they I feel like they changed like the uh, parameters of the competition. So, you know, I was like, oh, it was a little little discouraged by that i think so i yeah. think if you the name do it, the name con do artist too right it's kind of a <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because I, no, I you know like you know what i'm saying like, like i just feel like uh if you're gonna do something like that you gotta go and you gotta because uh, two roads is amazing like they're you know that they're, what they're doing for uh they got that new experience uh what, what's the uh, area two area two thank you yeah, yeah. that that little that little place is going to be pretty awesome i think they opened that like a few weeks ago um, you know, they, they do a lot for like the area and, you know, I, I didn't want to feel like I was like bad mouthing or anything, definitely not bad mouthing them. I'm just saying like, uh, um, the, uh, those, you know, those kind of, um, contests can get a little, can get a little internet-y uh, yeah. popularity. And I know? think, I think, and then you have, 
like collective arts, which everything I've heard from, they take submissions yeah. and they pay and they let artists retain the rights to the pieces. And it's like, yeah, a, I feel like that's the way to go. Right. And yeah. so to me, they, so that's really kind of where I've been like, that's, that's we, the model. Cause we've yeah. had a few, right. We've had a few of our previous guests that are come from that realm and they have nothing but, you know, they just, uh, uh, you know, Maggie Gagliardi, who we had on here, she actually was one, she, I don't think she won con arts or she came in second, but one of her is on one of the tanks. But she's done stuff with them and has nothing but positive. We've probably like three or four. Yeah. Who And, and everything I've read, because I was like, oh, you know, what is, like, are they are they doing it? And everything I've read is like, they're, they're they're like the purest intentions. But then there's always a few, you know, bad bad apples that are just like, hey, give me all your stuff. And then like, here's a free t-shirt and like come in for a pint. Yeah. And it's like, come on, dude. Like. Yeah, so, I mean, like I saw somebody somebody tagged me in the you know in a post the other day on Facebook. I get tagged in like posts on Facebook for some of my friends that are like from breweries and you know like things like that that are doing those contests. And I like read the parameters of it, and I was just like, nah, you know, like, I, I I just I don't want to do that anymore. Um, I just feel like uh, uh, you know it's one it's a little bit you know limiting in terms of you know you put in a lot of work for something that you know you're not sure you know, if it's going to pay off. So like, you know, like if they're asking for a particular, you know, concept or whatever, like I, at this point I'm doing, I'm doing a lot, you know, uh, and it's, and it's to find that time to kind of go in and, you know, you just got, you got to pick and choose what you want, you know, what you want to spend your time on. Like I said, I got the twins now and it's like, like, what do you, <laughs> what's, what, what am I going to, you know, what am I going to dump my time into? Cause there's only so much time in the day. Right. And, uh, and you got to decide. For me, those things, yeah. I feel like those things are, are, are uh, um, on the back burner. You know, um, I always want to participate in stuff like that, but I just like, I always look at it. I'm like, damn, man, I'm just, it's not going to work out. You know, there's too, there's too much, uh, too much going against it, you know? Um, but you know, it's, it, I do think it offers, like, like I said, you know, I'm sure that so many people have had positive experiences with things like that, you know, um, and has helped out their, you know, their career in terms of like pushing themselves forward and giving them exposure and, and, and all of those things. So, I mean, I'm sure they do well, but I, I do think that, you know, uh, um, collective arts thing is, a, uh, is a great model for, you know, for how, how you should kind of like proceed with that. Cause it's, uh, you know, I feel like people should get paid for what they do. Yeah. I think uh, for, yeah, forever. Yeah. Like I, I don't, when I was yeah managing a band and you, or you have like a song and like you're like you're saying it's basically becomes down to like who can get more people to vote and it's not like yeah and a lot of times but even even the con artists one they they pay really well like you know like the the two roads one if you want to think it was like like it was like five hundred bucks or like a thousand bucks or something like that like and you got your mm -hmm. stuff and I mean they they offered like an awful lot um you know and and they, I think that you know like again if you if you offer stuff like that I think it's I think it's worthwhile for people to do and I think that you know someone would benefit from that you know uh, um for as many you know for as many people that, that would kind of complain about you know the concept of you know taking you know and and you know making people you know having people do artwork for you know either exposure or what what, what some people would say is like free you know um would uh uh I don't know. I think that sours some people, but I think I think it's necessary to have you know things like that in the you know out there in the world just to give people their starts because we were talking about earlier. You know, it's like what what have you done? You know, uh, and it's, if you don't have anything that you can say, what have I done? Then nobody looks at your stuff. And so it's a really 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 weird uh, really weird industry.
Yeah. Now the the jump <laughs> off of that one is as a teacher and working with young folks, you know, or in just more in general, it didn't have to be your kids, but like, what advice would you give to somebody kind of starting their career off, like you know, deciding if they want to, you know, go down this path of being a you know of being an artist or you know giving it you know giving it their giving it their shot to make it because I always yeah. I always give them the, the same speech that you know that we were just talking about, which is you know you got to work harder than everybody else if you want if you want you got to put in the hours, um, you know if you have like talent or drive or vision or creativity or anything like that like i feel like it just put in the effort you know like if you put in the effort there's there's really no stopping you because uh, i really feel like there are so many opportunities out there right now like creative forces drive the marketing for pretty much everything um you know so find your little niche find find what you really like doing and pursue it, you know, and, and create based off of things that you love because that will show through your work and people will see that and people will respond to it. Um, and I think that that's the, you know, that's the end all is, you know, I, I try to instill that in everyone that I see, which is, you know, on an everyday basis is just, you know, please just be yourself and let yourself show through your work and the things that you love will end up in your work and you know that you know those things you'll you'll put out there to the world and and i feel like that's what people respond to nobody wants to see like i said nobody i mean a lot of people like you know photorealism and like looking at you know like things like that because it is it's a skill and it's a technique but i still want my artwork to say something i want i want that photorealism to say something i would like to know something about the artist that created the piece based on looking at it um so for me, you know, if you can if you can portray yourself in a piece of artwork, I think that that's the that's the end all. And I think if people do what they love and represent that in their work, then I think that there's no stopping you. But you really got you got to work harder than other people do. <laughs> amen. Amen so. to that. Now this last one will be a little bit easier. Um, but when you're creating it, what's going? When uh, do you have certain music you're listening to? What's the what's the what's the vibe oh, yeah. like? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been, I, I like, I like a lot of different music. I mean, we're, I think we're pretty similar in terms of, you know, I, for a while I was, you know, I was all fished out, man. Like I, all I would listen to, um, you know, when, uh, uh, when I was doing like, this was, I'd say everywhere from anywhere from high school to like freshman year of college, it was like grateful dead fish, uh, whenever I was creating something. Um, I like, like, you know, it like 90s early 2000s rap music um i love uh like bands that i listen to now when i create i mean i, I like uh um, modest mouse um is always you know i, I like like in, you know like like borderline indie rock kind of yeah they're touring rock, with uh rock. yeah they're touring with the black then, uh, keys i want to check that i haven't oh, seen dude, that that's um i don't want to see that yeah, yeah. I mean, the black keys i used to love like so like the the really like kind of like old school garage rocky blues stuff i love i always love like old jack white you know white stripe stuff and like you know things like that I, i'm you know really drawn to yeah i got um, to see i was in i was in nashville recently i got to see the rack and tours it was like when they, they oh god i know i saw your post i was really jealous <laughs> it was amazing like, oh, like that never yeah, works out for me man it never works yeah. out for me and the guy was like oh yeah and i'm like all right and i was just standing outside and the guy was all i was like can I have your ticket? I was oh, like, that's amazing. Uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah whatever. Okay, 
And it was fuck. It was like I walk in like they're right there in yeah. my face, but you couldn't take a picture or nothing. It was really cool. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, if you like the if you like the raconteurs, have you heard the Greenhorns? I have not. Oh, you got to check out the Greenhorns. It's uh, Jack Lance, Patrick Keeler, which are the um, the drummer and the bassist from uh, um, the Raconteurs, and uh, this guy Craig Fox, who's the lead man and guitarist. Um, they're I think they're absolutely dynamic. It's psychedelic garage rocky stuff. It's like uh, it's got a really uh, it's like velvet undergroundy kind of feel. It's really cool. Um, but you know, it's driven by I think that that drummer Patrick Keeler is is absolutely amazing. Um, I've seen them, I've seen them live a couple of times and like that dude is just dynamic. Like, and, and he, he really does drive that, that, uh, stuff. But, you know, um, for me, you know, it's, it's yeah. garage rock, psychedelic kind of, uh, uh, I, you know, I can listen to some weird shit like uh snarky puppy and like, uh, <laughs> yeah. some, a lot of people have uh, been in there lately. Yeah. I, I don't even know how the hell to say it. Kraukabin, whatever, like, like some weird, like jazz odyssey guitar stuff. Like, uh, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Devander Banhart, like uh, um, not a lot of, lot of. Wait, that I Vander guess, Band, like, like it's like the weird, like the, people compare him to Zeppelin. Devander that band, Banhart, like that's uh, huh? That's that is that the band that people compare to Led Zeppelin? And is that is that no? That's not them. I don't think. I don't think so. No, uh, they're like uh, it's like this. Um, some of it's like uh, in Spanish, but so, I mean, it's it's really it's freakishly weird, man. Okay, uh, and no, Chicano not... Batman. You ever heard Chicano Batman? I have heard Chicano Batman. I, I dig on that. Uh, yeah, 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 bro. Like stuff like that. Like I like I like stuff like that. It's it's what I've been listening to lately when I've been when I've been in the classroom and the drawing. Like uh, um, you know, kind of because uh, I, I subject my students to some very strange music. I'd say because they like you know they like you know modern music that like like billy eilish and like mumble rap and stuff like that so i try to like uh try to expand their horizon a little bit but they don't like it <laughs> they always complain about my music but that's all right yeah we, you're, you're we the teacher rock, you, can, you control the dial it's all good yeah that's right man that's right <laughs> it's about the only thing i control <laughs> there you go well, Drew, I appreciate I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's like it's super easy. So you're a great guest, and I'm really glad we finally got to do this. And we'll have this. No, beers. I, really we'll have I appreciate this. you having me on, and you know, it was uh, everything that you're doing here is 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 all good things for the arts, and it's uh, um, you know giving people exposure, and it's I'm sure you you've got nothing but nothing but good karma coming to you, my friend. Well, it's just, uh, yeah, this is my happy place, and I really am blessed, you know, to think that, you know, this is episode 116, so, like, that's amazing, and, you know, we've, folks are all around, like, you know, Norway, New Zealand, Sweden, UK, US, like, um, you know, it's like, I'm really, yeah, it just makes, you know, we're in a weird time right now, and it's just nice to look at the map and see, you know, there's all these amazing breweries and artists, and so I'm just, yeah, it's just really nice, because, you know, I've been following along with your work for for years now and so you're you're a great example of something i was just like as soon as you posted you did a label or doing a label i was like done you know i was just yeah, i was just, i was right just wait yeah i was just waiting for the i was just waiting for the moment because i yeah, i've been following along for years i appreciate that man i really do it makes me feel good well good you should feel good you're a teacher you know you're a father now you know un- unfortunately you're a patriots and uh you know new england fan but you know i don't i have nothing <laughs> i have nothing i have no ill will towards the red Sox, but yeah no, you're just a good you just that's, uh, that's my my number one love is baseball. yeah which is fine I, yeah you know, like I, I watch everything 
Yeah, I'm a yeah. I'm always a fan of the underdog, and I know the last <laughs> few years it doesn't seem like that for the Red Sox, but I, I remember that World Series. No, man, we we my my grandparents went through. Uh, you know that they, they went their entire lives. They died the year in right before uh, um, 04. They won the World Series in 04. So they never got a chance to see it. So it's for us, you know, for my family, baseball has always been a, you know, a kind of a social bonding experience, which is yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, because I was, because uh, I do, I used to do my radio show, and we would be on uh, the peak. I'd have a Wednesday nights out of four hours, and then we'd go to Ray Kelly's in, in Bridgeport in the Black Rock section, and they had an open mic there, and it was kind of like we would, yeah, that's when I could go late into the evening. We'd we'd be there every Wednesday yep. to close it down, and that was. And there's and I remember we went at, they were down three one to the Yankees and we would watch and then they won the next night and then it was everyone was superstitious you got to come back oh. and my buddy they won the you know, they won and they won and we were there and then we go and I was like I was excited because Philly sports teams usually don't win anything and so it was like man yep. if they can win then we can like anything is possible we can do it man and anything it, is possible right yeah right like and I hate yeah, and, I and, every, and everybody really hated was. and everybody hated the Yankees so it was like that was kind of like oh, the, that that was like the yeah, that was like the no, unifying really piece, right? It was all brought together, and so it was like, <laughs> all right, I'm in, like I'm in. So I, I've no, yeah, the Red Sox is, uh, yeah, I think we're gonna see fish at Fenway this summer, so I'm excited. I've 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 never been to Fenway for a baseball game. I've been there for for fish. What? I, I'm just saying. I'm I'm I got I got I got some tickets for you then, <laughs> dude. Don't, yeah, don't tease. I'm excited. I, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, I, just, no, I got yeah. Some t- hey, we'll, we'll talk after this. But I got all right, cool. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's keep in touch. I got some brews. All we'll, we'll hang out soon. And uh, are you are you playing the the disc golf tournament this weekend? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm doing the amateur side. I don't do the I don't do the professional. The professionals on Sunday. The amateurs on Saturday for Bridgeport. So I'll play tomorrow and and try to help out a little bit on Sunday. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll update everybody. We'll see how you did. And if you didn't do well, well, we won't mention it when we uh, do the edit. Yeah, the you don't, don't mention it again if I didn't do well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Drew. Thanks a lot, AJ. All right, cool. Bye. And there we have it, folks. The essential Drew Mullen interview right here on the 16-ounce canvas. Father, teacher, music fan, Red Sox diehard. You did hear him say he's got some tickets for me, so we'll, we'll let you know how that goes. But I really just like talking to Drew. He's somebody whose career I've followed you know, through the, the passage of life. You know, We randomly met at a disc golf course. I, I mean, years ago, as we mentioned, it has to be five, six years ago. And you know, have stayed in touch, you know, throughout that time, and it's just been really wonderful to see his work and going to visit the Alchemist and Stowe and seeing his work there, and then in the gift shop, you know, what he's doing in the in the discs he's been making, you know, putting two of his passions together, and just even seeing even seeing the work that they do for the there's you know, there's a Discover Museum, which is the course in Bridgeport, right near there, and. He and the crew over there are just so passionate about that. You know, they really just renovated and brought that thing to life. You know, it was, you know, it was basically just like your classic, you know, disc golf holes, you know, in the woods. And, you know, hole by hole, they would, you know, rebuild it, you know, put in different pieces and, you know, go out there and rake and mow and clean up and just really, you know, it's really, it's really, I don't know. It's inspiring because it's just all, when people really care a lot about something, you know, like we do about this and we care about you. It's just, um, 
you know, it's nice and it really it resonates well with me. And so, like we said, we're we're being pretty honest. The second we saw that Drew was you know doing a label, you know, that was just a no brainer for us to you know reach out to him and you know have a have an excuse to to showcase his art and his scratch board, and it's just really cool to see. So make sure you check that out, Mullen underscore Art. You can follow along with you know what he's up to and different projects and you know where things you know take you. So this is a great episode. It's a great way to end season ten. Um, we do have one our interview that we did not do for season ten. Uh, one of our artists, you know, had some things come up with uh, his family. It's been it's made it difficult for him to be available, and so we will, whenever he is available, we have let him know that you know the invitation is open. That you know, whenever that you know, comes together, we'll be more than happy to to have him on there. So we'll have an you know, out of out of order uh, season ten. But like I always say, family is one of the most important things in the world, if not the most important. So that is a no brainer, and we're just sending good vibes, you know, to Dave and his family, and um, you know, really looking forward to getting a chance to get a chance to talk to him. So next week we'll begin season eleven. We are rocking and rolling. I think we're probably you know maybe a week. No more than two before we give you the full you know, details about our main event. Uh, the merch, um, we'll have a, a pre-sale up uh, next week about that. So really excited about the collaboration with Dune Hanger. And uh, yeah, we're, we got a lot of things. Uh, you know, We're going to be on another podcast in August. Um, we're going to some events coming up. Hopefully we'll have some uh, giveaways for you from some of these events, some tickets. And then we'll, uh, you know, we'll just keep things, keep things moving along. So you're listening to the 16 ounce canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. This is episode 100. Fuck. What episode is this one? They all kind of run together. This is, yeah, it's episode 116, the end of season 10 and, uh, season 11 begins next week. So enjoy your summers. Summertime is here and, uh, stay warm. SPF 100 is a real thing. You should use something strong i wouldn't maybe need to go that high but you know be safe have fun stay hydrated and uh, we thank you for listening once again until next week cheers